Welcome to the Codependent Me Podcast. I'm Tamara Shaw, a recovering codependent, a codependent life coach, and the co-author of God Turned Mommy's Wine Into Water. This podcast was created to increase the awareness of codependency and to give a more holistic look at the journey and healing of codependence. Welcome to the Codependent Me podcast. I am your host, Tamala Shaw. And today we have a phenomenal guest. I'm so excited. Jackie Elliott is with us. Jackie, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Uh, I'm so excited about um, this particular show. You know, I'm excited about all the shows. I know people are saying, she's oh, she always says that, but I always am. <laughs> so you have this uh, wonderful ABC system that we're going to talk about. But first, I want you to tell the audience about yourself, please. Okay. Well, I'm a certified life relationship and spiritual coach. Uh, I do speaking and I lead retreats and workshops and uh, the ABCs. And I'm writing, I'm currently writing this book, which is near and dear to my heart because I spent probably 42 years of my life very codependent and we can always get into the reasons why later but I was bred to be codependent so um, my book you know it really is something that captures uh, what codependency is and how you talk to yourself so that you can get out of that cycle yes I love that you know we talk about self-talk a lot and um, I even kind of talk to my children and like the little people in my family it's a lot of talk about self-talk because it can make or break you right yeah in such a, a big way so you call them the abcs can you explain to the audience what that is well the abcs of abusive brain shatter first i i want to explain what abusive brain shatter is it's not only negative self-talk but it, uh, it's emotional abuse. I don't think many people realize that they are their own emotional abuser. Mm. They may be codependent with an emotional abuser, even a physical abuser, which you know I'm so sorry to say, but but they are also their own emotional abuser. So when I talk about abusive brain chatter, I'm talking about uh, negative chatter on steroids. Mm. And so I created the ABCs as a way to remind ourselves that it's happening. Uh, it's a process you have to go through. It's not that simple, just ABC, and now I'm no longer you know, speaking to myself abusively. It's right. over. Wow, I'd be a millionaire, billionaire. Right, right? exactly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> but the ABCs are first awareness. Uh, be aware of how you're talking to yourself, but also be aware of the signs of emotional abuse so that you can equate them to emotional abuse. Mm. We so normalize it. I don't know how many women I go out to lunch with that start talking about the way their face looks, the way their body looks, the, the way they're never going to get a good job, how they're never going to find a relationship. Mm. They spend, I can count, you know, and, and I sit back and I watch it because I understand it now. I live that. Um, and I don't think they realize, you know, sometimes I'll say, wow, you're really belittling yourself. 
um, wow, you've got a big bully in your brain, you know, and I kind of point that out, you know, wow, you're really talking about the way you look and allowing it to be negative. You know? And I just kind of pointed out that, you know, don't abuse yourself, right? Make you know, you're clear. abusing yourself, right? Mm. So that's the first thing awareness, just really become aware. And I, and I really want with awareness for people to be compassionate. Um, you didn't get this way on your own. So in order to be aware, you have to be compassionate. You have to say, wow, you know, what I've done is I've done a lot of work on um, self-love and uh, find, which leads me into the B, but the awareness is, um, yeah, Jackie doesn't talk to herself that way anymore. So I have to be aware of how I'm talking to myself. I love that. Yeah, that is that. So that's the first step to anything, you know. If you Absolutely. Want, I mean, you want to get. Yeah, go yeah, ahead. That's a big. I was going to say that's a big part of it, you know. Just the awareness. I mean, I mean, the, even with me, I, I still do it. I still find myself finding something negative to talk about, or to self-talk, or to tell someone self up some someone else about myself. That's negative, and truly, 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 it's everyone we all have to be aware that's why it's that's why affirmations are so huge mm-hmm. because we have had such negative chatter about ourselves so much that every morning we have to get up to remind ourselves to not be negative <laughs> to us <laughs> right you know it's funny because i you know people always say to me well do you still do it and i say oh, absolutely but I use the ABCs when I do it. I know that it's not in my best interest. So before I used to normalize it. Now it's like, oh, wow. You know, I was a perfect example is I was sitting getting my hair colored um, and I she, I had the thing around my neck. And, you know, you sit in front of the mirror with your face kind of in a, you know, in a dark, you know, you're just kind of looking at the mirror and boy, do you have time to criticize? You know, I was sitting there going, oh my God, look at that chin. Oh my God. I you need to get in and make a facial and, oh, I hate the color she's doing. I'm going to now what's going to happen. People are going to think I look ugly. I'm going, and I laughed. I actually like laughed out loud and I went, gee, I'm writing a book about this. And what, you know, I was then aware of that. That is a situation where I will always speak negatively to myself because it's um it's a trigger looking at yourself in the mirror for a half hour is a trigger so I said to myself okay so this is a trigger so now I know every time I go to the beauty salon that my abusive brain chatter is going to you know rear its ugly head so then the next step is the B which is really important you and I were talking about the the spiritual aspect of loving ourselves I had to believe in uh, something greater than myself in order to quiet the chatter, right? If I was left to my own beliefs, I would be continuing to chatter. My mother was, it was very important for me to look beautiful as as a woman and as a child so that I could get a man. Those were the beliefs that were handed to me, right? So consequently, when I'm not feeling beautiful, then the chatter starts to really, really go. And that my mother didn't mean to do that, but the message she sent me, the all of those things she sent me are fuel for my abusive brain chatter. So the next step, uh, Tamala, is to 
believe in something greater than yourself, a higher power. It can be God. It can be Gaia. Mm -hmm. It can be um, Mother Earth, uh, understanding that we're all a part of this beautiful Earth. And so we are exactly who we are supposed to be. Absolutely. That's how we evolved. So that's the next step. So as I'm sitting there, I had to say, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm aware of chattering to myself. I need to take a moment and, you know, do some deep breathing and call in my goddess within the beautiful, my, my white light is so beautiful. When I discovered my white light, I realized that my white light could just erase everything in my mind and just even, even expand and make me even more beautiful. I want to live in the white light. I don't want to live in this face. I don't want to live in this body. I want to live in the white light. So the second step is to find a higher power. And I tell clients, I'm a spiritual coach, so I take people on spiritual journeys. And I tell them that if you don't, if you were raised to think that there's a punishing God, you need to do some work because you're going to punish yourself without punishing God. And the goal is to not punish yourself. So, you know, find, write a want ad for the God you want. Uh, I had a client once who she said, you know, oh, she grew up with a religion that was, you know, it was just very uh, traumatic and it was um, all about smiting you and you're bad and all of these things. And so she said, no, 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 I'm sorry, Jackie, I, I, I can't go down there. I can't, I, I can't find a spiritual God. And I said, wait, wait a minute. Let's just kind of work here. Well, we can find one. I promise you there's one out there. And she, we did some work, some meditation, and she ended up finding Glinda from Wizard of Oz. As I took her on her journey, she, you know, I just let you find what whatever comes to you. And she yeah. found Glinda and she could relate to that. She could <laughs> quiet her mind and relate to this beautiful bubble of a person who had, you know, this beautiful power. Right. So what I say and believe is, you know, have to believe in my God. You don't have to believe in anybody's God. You have to find your own spiritual center. Right. That's essential. Yes. And then third step is challenging your core beliefs. Right. Isn't that isn't that what really speaks to us? Our core beliefs. Yes. Yeah. So in my case, you know, to share with you how I became, I became a Oh, I was I was bred to be a, a codependent, right? My mother was uh, attempted suicide when mm-hmm. I was a very young age. Uh, it was my first traumatic experience. So that message told me that I had to be good or my mother would die, right? Yes. I had to be the angel. I had to be invisible, mm-hmm. which meant I had to be codependent on my mother. I it, it She didn't mean to do that, but that's... That's the result of my upbringing. And then because she was so critical of herself, she had such abusive brain chatter. She didn't want that for her daughters. So she would try to fix me so that I didn't ever have to feel pain. Well, the message when a parent tries to fix you is what? Something's wrong with you. Exactly. And if something's wrong with you, then you can never stand on your own two feet. Yeah. So if I'm not beautiful enough, the other message was you have to find a man to help you, which is another codependent 
Mm-hmm. You know, you have to get married. I wasn't bre- bre- I wasn't bred to go to college and, and have, have a degree. Wow. I wasn't bred to, you know, be creative, to do any of that. I was bred to find a man who could take care of me. Right. And so that is a codependent message, right? right? So my mother, without even even knowing it, was giving me these messages. So, of course, I grew up thinking I was ugly, thinking I had to always make myself beautiful, and thinking that the first man who came along, who fit the mold of someone who could take care of me, was marrying material. So I married a wonderful CPA who was an addict you know he he had to be broken too I was broken so in order right right so coded for codependency to work you have to be broken they have to be broken right absolutely yes yes so I had to go back and challenge my core beliefs I had to suddenly say well after I divorced my husband finally for the second time we we had been in such a codependent relationship that we had broken up maybe 10 times and we divorced once and remarried. And after I did all the damage to my children, um, I was single for like 10 years because I was afraid to get into another relationship because I didn't fix my core beliefs. I just left what I, what I thought was my abuser, but I taught, I took my own emotional abuser with me. Right. And so, Oh, I I just, I'm sorry. Please. I want people to hear that. You can leave the abusive relationship, but you can also take your core belief abuser with you, which is you. That's why it's so important to understand that you have to heal yourself within. Exactly. Oh, goodness. That gave me chills. that That is the core of codependency. You know, uh, I was so codependent. Uh, and here's a perfect example I'll, I'll share with you about my codependency. I remember always trying to fix my husband. Well, first I had to marry somebody broken, right? Because a, a good codependent needs someone to fix, yeah. right? He was a- <laughs> What okay, other job would we have? <laughs> exactly. He was a, a a gambler. He was a, a womanizer. He He lied to me. And I was convinced that I was going to fix this man because this man was my, you know, he was it. If, if, if I got, if I got the golden goose and so I had to make him into the golden goose, then I was suddenly someone important. So my job was to make the golden goose lay eggs. Mm -hmm. And so I remember being in therapy, which we were probably most of our marriage. And I was individually as well. So long. Um, And I remember her saying to, to me, or uh, 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 she, she looked at me and I said, you know, once again, he lied to me. He doesn't come home. He was at the casino and blah, 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 blah. And she looked at me and she smiled and she said, so why are you there? And I said, well, you know, I love him. And, and, and I said, yeah, but you know, he, I, I, I think there's potential there. And I said, but, you know, he's just not loving me. And then I went back into my victim, right? Yes. Which my clients do. I love it when my clients will call me in a panic and they'll start blah, blah, blah. And I'll say, who's talking? And they go, they know me well enough. And my victim, you're not powerless (laughs) in this. You're not the victim. So, you know, if you want to play the victim, you're, 
you're going to get keep getting what you get, right? Yeah. So my therapist kept saying that to me. She, she said it over and over. So why are you with them? And I said, well, you know, I, 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 what do you want? Well, I want, I want him to do this. I want him to. I want him to. And she keeps saying, well, he's not gonna. Right. He's and that was that was the yes. That was the come to Jesus. Yes, the Jesus come to God. Yes. That was the aha moment in my marriage. Right. It was like, yeah, this guy isn't gonna change, oh. uh, and this guy hasn't saved me. And this guy really only needs me to worship him because as soon as we, I mean, he was always womanizing. So as soon as we split, I finally got the courage to split up. He found another me, which was like, wow, that was, that was, I couldn't believe that. That was an eye opener, right? As a codependent, it's like, he's going to love me for the rest of my life. And I'm the only one. We have this special thing. And no, no. Not so much. You moved on very quickly. And then you have to almost stop yourself from wanting to do whatever the needful is for him to want you more than that person. Because how can she fix it? Because I'm the fixer. I am the fixer, you know? So I love it when people are strong enough that when that person moves on, because they are still in their brokenness. Let them move on, but you continue to heal you. Don't try to go and and pull into that, into those ABCs, right? In the brain to say, oh, but if I did this, then maybe I can fix it. Because you get that feel good on the inside. Yes. If you listen to your body, especially when you, like you said, when you were bred to be codependent, Mm -hmm. there is a certain feeling of accomplishment that you get on the inside when you people please. Yes. So to be able to move forward, allow people to live and be who they are and be okay with not having that feeling because something better is coming. If it's not there yet, something better is coming, I promise. But at that moment, you're really grieving it. Yes. And I love that you mentioned people pleasing my favorite subject because I was such a people pleaser. My mother called her a little angel because I could silence myself. Right. I was such a people pleaser. And the thing about people pleasing that I learned after I left was that it is manipulative. I thought I was so um, oh, I thought it was the best person. I took the moral high ground in order for me to take the moral high ground. I had to have somebody who took the the lower high ground, right? Mm -hmm. He had to, you know, I had to be able to point my finger at him and he had to be able to be the bad one. And when I realized that being a people pleaser is not moral, it is manipulative. And I, I thought, oh my God, I'm, but I'm the good one. So I'm not manipulative. But when I realized that I was manipulative and that he had to be bad in order for me to be good, uh, it was a it was a game changer. It was like I uh, I have to stop people pleasing, and to stop people pleasing, I had to learn, like you said, to please myself. And I was just that was that was just such a big moment for me. Yeah. And you know, I I tell and, and when I tell people, you know, that 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 they're being a people pleaser and that they're being manipulative, they, it's an aha moment for them as well. You know, the first person that told me that I was manipulative is my son. 
he had to be, yes, he had to be 12, 13 at the time. And he didn't say it me. He wasn't being mean. He was really, it was matter of fact. <laughs> Mommy, I think you're being very manipulative right now. And I was. I completely <laughs> was. And but because it was that I have to be manipulative in order to get you to do what I want you to do. Right. right? So that's that's what I did. And it, it looked very loving. It looked very, you know, oh, this is for you. That's the way it looked, right? But absolutely I was. So of course, as soon as he said it, I said, how dare you say that to me? Then I thought about it and I stepped back because again, I'm very careful with my words and everything when it comes to my children, because the things that was passed down to me, I try not to pass down. And it was in that moment that I said, oh my gosh, (laughs) I am. And I said, you know what? You're right. And I apologize, right? But it, it was that moment for me that I was like, oh my gosh, like I've got to start looking at that because I was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny that you say that because I have adult children and um, I was able to learn that in my own, you know, I married a man who has, um, is in no way codependent. I mean, this guy has like, boundaries like I've never seen right I'm always like looking at him going that's not a nice boundary but you know that's his boundary right and he's okay to say he's okay to put his boundary I don't care if you think it's nice or not this is my boundary (laughs) and so um so I continue to do it in my adult children Mm -hmm. and um I I tell them all the time I you know I've always said to them look I don't know how to raise adult children all I know how to be is what the way my mother was with me but I'm a work in progress and I have been working my whole life. I worked on my relationships. So when I slip up, please let me know if I cross your boundaries, Mm -hmm. because it's, you know, I do it instinctively. You know, I think that it's, uh, it's important for me to be there for my children. You know, that's what was my mother. My mother was, you know, she was always rescuing me, right? I was always broken. So in my mind, it's a loving thing to rescue your children. Uh, and my children always fight me. Fortunately, I have boys who tell it like it is. They don't dance around it, you know. I, I and and it was it was even fa- uh, in fact like six months ago. Um, I have the, my boys are forty six and forty or something, and they my son said to me, "Mom, you are being manipulative. You are blah blah blah." And I got I was so angry when I got off the phone. It's like, exactly like you said, how dare you? I am such a loving person. I am coming from a place of wonderfulness. How dare? It took me like a couple of days though. I wasn't as evolved. I mean, and I'm very evolved, right? Right. Yes. I knew something was wrong. And that's, that's the thing about me now is I'm teachable. You know, I'm teachable. I'm, I'm going to go back. You're going to tell me something. I'm going to go back and I'm going to see if it fits. Right. And that's part of the uh, brain chatter as well. Um, does that fit? Just because you told me I was wrong or I was being some way, I don't have to own that anymore. That's right. I don't, I don't have to be gaslit. And, and, you know, that was a big part of my marriage. And that, that I felt was what my son was doing is gaslighting me a little mm-hmm. until I kept stepping back and going, Oh, baby. The word came out, but 
manipulating. And it was, it was so painful to them. I can't even tell you. And I love my sons. They, I love that they tell me the way it is. It hurts. It hurts as an adult. But you know, but, but when you know better, you do better. Right. Because again, I love that you say, just because someone says something to you doesn't make it true. You know, like what my grandmother used to say, just because they call you something doesn't mean that doesn't mean you have to answer to it. Right. Oh, so I love it's that. It's good that you take a moment to say, is that true? Is, will I own that? Or will I tell you, no, that's not the case. So I hope that the audience hears that, you know, just because someone says it doesn't make it true. You need to take it, digest it, see if it's true. And if it is, own it. Yes. Own it it's true. Own it and be better. But in order to own it, that's the thing. When you're, uh, when you have such abusive brain chatter, mm-hmm. you can't own stuff. That's why I feel like this topic just encompasses everything. There's no way that uh, somebody could say something to me in in my past before I got healed that wouldn't trigger shame. And if it triggered shame, there was no way. I, I mean, that would send me in a spiral of abusive brain chatter. Oh, I'm so bad. How could I be that way? I must have over. I I probably was nasty to them. How could I be nasty to them? I'm I'm not a nasty person, but that makes me a nasty person because they said it. And, you know, you go into this thing that I call tornado head, where you just start picking up more shit, right? Yeah. As I go, you know, oh, I'm, you know, I'm so bad. And, you know, my mother taught me this way and blah, blah, blah. And I, you know, I, I, I watch clients do it. I watch me say, you know, oh, you didn't do your, uh, you didn't do your goal this week. You know, what happened? That's all I ask, right? And it sets them into a shame spiral. And pretty soon they're saying, you know, at work, my boss, he got really mad at me. I was so overwhelmed. I always get overwhelmed. And my mother used to do that to me. And, you know, her grandmother and I go, what? Time out. How did you get to your mother's grandmother from not doing your, not doing your work? How about if you just own it and say, you know what? I didn't do it this week. Let's check. Let, you know, how about if we check into why I didn't do it? Maybe I didn't set enough. Uh, maybe I didn't set a reasonable goal. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Instead, absolutely, they like take that, that spiral. I, that I'm so grateful that you brought that up because I haven't not not that I'm not knowingly recently. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while. In a while, but I used to do it all of the time. I would make a decision or something would be not so great where I wasn't really satisfied with my, what, whether it be my answer or, or just anything. And it would take me 30 minutes to get out of my head. That wow. is so wonderful that you call it tornado head. That is exactly like that, that now I'm not going to say trigger, but that took me back to where I did, I would sit back and it would be, well, if I did this and maybe this would have happened and well, I don't understand. Well, the reason that I did that was because of this. And I mean, it would be constant until I would just go, I just, I, I, there's nothing I can do about it now. So just whatever, you know, but wasn't recognizing what I was doing. It could have been just a simple answer without all of these reasons for the answer, right? The answer is the answer. Right. And that's okay. Right. That's okay. Shame. And I always, you know, I say to my clients, shame is I am bad. Guilt is I've done something bad. Yes. You don't have to have shame when you own who you are. When you look at your core beliefs and you decide 
mm, I don't want that core belief anymore. I had a belief I was really weak and couldn't exercise. I had asthma my whole life. No wonder I couldn't breathe. I was holding myself in. I had all of these core beliefs, like finding a man was the most important thing in the world. And I, they had to like me rather than me love them. Well, I challenged that core belief by changing the way I was dating. Instead of going out on a date and going, pick me, pick me, you know, like, oh, you know, do you like me? I went out on a date wearing the same outfit on every single date, the same makeup. And instead I sat back and I watched them Mm -hmm. and I went, hmm, do I like that quality that he yelled at the waiter? No, I don't think so. Um, Do I like that quality that he's not letting me speak? No, I don't think so. And it, it was a game changer. That's when I was able to find a healthy man. Mm. And so again, that, that, that tornado head, that, that shame has, has to be, you have to be aware of it. It's going to come up. We all, we always are. I, I missed a podcast and the guy got very angry at me and I felt talk about shame. I, I didn't show up on time and it was just terrible. And I felt a lot of shame and I, I felt myself spinning. I got off the call when he kind of called me on it and I, and I, and I found myself spinning and I said, Oh, wow, you're in tornado head. And as soon as I knew I was in tornado head, I knew I had to find my way back home. Like Dorothy did in wizard of Oz, right? She was in that tornado. She landed, she learned all her lessons and then she learned to click her heels three times. And so I have a metaphorical click my heels three times Mm -hmm. and come out of it. And that's because my normal now is Jackie, you are no longer allowed to talk to yourself that way. Uh, Your little soul, that beautiful little soul that was three or four years old that watched your mother try to kill herself um, was 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 a beautiful soul who was an angel and you get to now bring her back and you now get to live as her. And that's some of the work I do with clients. I take them back to that moment. They lost their soul Mm -hmm. and say, okay, let's bring it back now. It's yours. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to take care of it? Don't, you can no longer be the victim. You now own this soul and it's up to you to allow this soul to shine. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. So the ABCs, we've got awareness, belief, and challenging your core belief, your, yeah, your core beliefs. Yes. Your core belief, right. Yes. So we were talking about that and of course brought back so, so many wonderful things for me. So many things that I, I realize I still have to work on a lot of it actually, but if you work your ABCs every day and it would have to be every day, right? What a wonderful, what a wonderful life. Um, I was reading a book the other day and it said, your choice is your freedom. So when you choose to work your ABCs, there's a freedom that comes with it because you're letting go of a lot of baggage when you're working it, right? So we, we tapped on boundaries just a little bit, but, um, I'd like for you to talk to the audience about how important, especially when you're healing how important are boundaries? What advice would you give them? Wow. You know, a lot of my clients, um, that's, that's the issue that, that, you know, they come with, they, they don't know how to set boundaries. And so 
uh, they either have resentments or they have shame or they, you know, they, they allow people to speak negatively to them because they don't know how to set loving boundaries. Um, and loving boundaries are about not being a victim. You know what I mean? Not allowing yourself to be a victim. And, you know, uh, in fact, I had a call from a client yesterday. It was like on and on about being a victim at work. And I said, wow, it sounds like you need to set some boundaries. How about if you go into work and let's let's work on what you can say when you go into work? And as soon as we were able to come up with something, it was like, oh, you know what? I don't have to quit my job. I mean, they were, you know, the, it, it's like I can set a boundary instead of quitting my job. Right? I love so the what, what I say about boundaries are um, boundaries can be loving. People think that boundaries are confrontational. Boundaries don't have to be. If you learn how to do a good boundary, and, and I call it uh, something I learned in my life coaching uh, uh, school, in my life coaching um, institute, was how to set good boundaries using a system called the embrace technique. And the embrace technique is first embracing you. So say you've got somebody at work who's piling on work for you, or no, it, uh, well, it, in a relationship, say you've got somebody who's uh, talking negatively to you, your husband or, or whatever, um, and you want to stop that in a, in a loving way. So you say, you know, um, I really appreciate that you're wanting this done, or I really appreciate that uh, this is important to you. Um, when you raise your voice to me, um, I feel uh, it, it, it hurts inside. It's, it's soul crushing for me. And I, I want to honor your request, but I feel very, you know, crushed when I, when I, when I'm talked to that way. So what I'd like to ask you in the future is, would you be able to just tone down your voice or can I uh, remind you when you're speaking to me that way, would that work for you? Right. And you ask them the question and then you accept the no or the yes. Right. Right. Now, if they get defensive, that's on them. Absolutely. You have set your boundary and you know that you don't like to be talked to that anymore like that. Right. Absolutely. Yes. And if they get defensive, you know, it's one of those, I see that you're not ready for this conversation. We'll try to have it later. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then also when, in the, at least for me, um, when I talk to my clients, I tell them when you set those boundaries, also let them know that there will be consequences, you know, because every action has a consequence, whether you, you know, say it or, or not, <laughs> but you know, it's like, this is how I feel when you speak to me that way. And if you continue to speak to me that way, I'll have to walk away. I'll have to, you know, blah, blah, blah. But then the thing is, this is where the hard part comes for us. Sticking to the consequence. Yes. If you say that you are going to walk away or step away from a person or detach from a person, you have to do it. You cannot make that a lie because you are dishonoring your boundaries. Yes. You're teaching them that you're not going to you're not going to do it. You're not going to do you're it. You're not going to stand on it. You you don't believe yeah. in what you're saying. 
Oh. And if you're not ready to set a boundary, that is, uh, if you're not ready to, to keep that boundary, then simply do the embrace technique. <clears throat> simply express it. Yes. And take the yes or take the no. You know, um, I know I, you need, uh, you know, I, I'd like some help in the garage. I know you're very busy, honey. You work all week long, um, but I'm overwhelmed by the garage. Would you be willing to take two hours on Saturday to help me? Uh, you know, would that, would that work for you? And if they say no, you accept that no, but you have, you have stated your truth. Right. Yeah. And that's so important. I love that you said that. I love the way you, you, that feels so good. Like the first time that you're able to just say what's in your heart or what's in your stomach, right? Yes. How beautiful. And you're so proud of yourself because you allow, because normally you just, as codependents, we're very afraid of confrontation. We're afraid of hard conversations. Um, So to just be able to say it and speak your truth, that is, that's victory. Exactly. And even do the ABCs before you speak your truth. Even say, what am I believing about this? Okay, higher power, you know, help me find the words and help them be loving. And what's my core belief? My core belief is that he'll leave me if I tell him to put the dishes in the dishwasher. Is that true? No, that's not really true. Maybe, you know, but I'm believing it's true. So challenge that belief. Mm -hmm. You you know what I'm saying? That's where the ABCs come in, uh, come in handy. And I just want to say one thing to people out there who are listening. Um, I was so codependent that like I said, it took me many years to leave my, my marriage and two divorces and damage to my children and all of those things. And he lied. As I told you in the beginning, he lied. He was a gambler. He was a cheater. He had lots of women in our marriage and all kinds of things. And when I finally, I didn't see him for many years because he never paid child support. He owed me about a hundred thousand dollars in back child support. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I had fought him in court and all of that. And 10 years when my son was getting married and he showed up at the wedding, I realized how much was my part yeah. by being codependent. Mm-hmm. And so I pulled him aside and I said to him, you know, first of all, I, I forgave the debt. It was done. It was years ago. Do I want to hold on to that? I don't want to hold on to that. The second, all I said to him was, please take care of our boys, you know, going forward. And I said to him, you know, I really want to apologize because I didn't accept you for who you were. Mm -hmm. If I really saw you for who you were, I would have seen that you did not want to be married, that you did not want to be married to me, and that um, you were trying to get out of this marriage for so long, and I was trying to fix you for so long. and that wasn't my job. So I really want to apologize to you. And I swear to God, his face dropped <laughs> because, you know, he, he knew what kind of husband he was and I didn't expect him to say a word. He just looked at me and he went, yeah, thank you. Yeah. I, that is, that is such a All gorgeous moment. Lift. I was going to bet you felt like you could fly. exactly take all of that off of you oh exactly I owned it and what I said what 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 I said to myself was I'll never do that again Mm -hmm. and that was freedom that was that unlocked the codependency that is beautiful kudos to you 
Thank you. <laughs> so if people want to learn more about the ABCs, they can go to healingabcs.com. Healing ABC, singular. Oh, sorry. Healingabc.com. Please hear yes. that. Um, I will put that in the show notes for sure. Um, and then did you want to talk a little bit about the book? Because I know I know it's not quite finished, but do you want to give them a sneak peek of what they'll be able to, to have soon? Yes. So I'm writing the book, The ABCs of Abusive Brain Chatter, and I'm taking each chapter uh, awareness, belief, challenge, and then, uh, you know, what is abusive brain chatter, how to identify it, those kinds of things. What is, how, how about abusive brain chatter when you're single and dating, abusive brain chatter in relationships. So I give you kind of step-by-step -step exercises to really take you through that, to really understand what it is and if you're, you're doing it. So what I would like to say to people is if you would like to be on our mailing list on my website I have somewhere to I think it says sign up for the newsletter um I once a month I send out a newsletter through Substack and uh, I will put you on the list and you will get you you will be able to pre-order at a discounted rate and it's due out I'm hope I'm hopeful by February you know that's my my goal yeah. So, um, and I'd like to also offer another invitation is that if you don't know how to set a boundary, if you're out there struggling and you say, I don't even know how to say this, email me and say, Jackie, can you help me put this in words? Um, I heard you on Tamala's podcast. I, I, I love to do that. So oh. we can do that together. No cost, just, you know, <laughs> I'm here to help. Just wonderful nuggets. Oh, that is so good. Jackie, thank you so much. This has been so wonderful. Thank so you. I, I really appreciate what you're putting out in the world. And oh, I know how painful it is for the people who are still struggling with this, but there is hope, right? Absolutely. And there's a, a village of people that you can talk to. We will uplift you. We will support you. Absolutely. For sure. And I ask all of my guests if you could give the audience one last nugget, tidbit, quote, whatever, what would it be? Oh, wow. Start your morning with a prayer that goes like this. Help. Hello, ever-loving presence. When you, when you open yourself up to know that there's an ever-loving presence in your life, that helps you to be a better person. Mm. When you're a better person to, to yourself, you're a better person to others. Absolutely. So. That is wonderful. When you are a better person to yourself, you are a better person to the world, really. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for that. Audience, I always tell you, you can choose any podcast, but you chose this one and I thank you. I want to remind you that you matter and your story matters and to have a wonderful day until next time. Bye. I understand that nothing is more valuable than your time. So thank you for listening. Be sure to join our Facebook group, Codependent Me, and check out my website at codependentme.org. Thanks so much. Have a great day.